0: You're listening to The Aligned and Free Show, a spiritually-infused personal development podcast for the ambitious woman. Our passion is to help you align with who you really are, what you really want, and to free yourself from the BS that's holding you back so that you can manifest your very own magical life. We talk about manifestation, of course, spirituality, wellness, mindset shifts, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Shakia Mayer, licensed mental health clinician, speaker, and spiritual mindset coach. All right, let's get into it. Today on the show, I'm speaking with Elizabeth Kipp. Elizabeth is a chronic pain specialist, yoga-informed addiction recovery coach, ancestral clearing practitioner, yoga and meditation teacher, and international best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. In this episode, we discuss the impact of addiction and healing different types of chronic pain. Did you know there was more than one type? We also talk about ancestral clearing. If any of this sounds interesting to you, keep listening. I wanted to talk a little bit, if you felt comfortable sharing about your background and um, how that's contributed to the work that you're doing now.
1: Oh, very good. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, yes. So uh,
1: my background um, professionally, really a uh, long, long time ago, I have a degree in plant science. Um, and, um, I went into environmental studies as a graduate student. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, um, had, uh, uh, an instability in my spine, which became quite a challenge at the end of my graduate school, um, work and, um, never was able to complete it, uh, because I entered into this, uh, realm of a lot of surgery to, um, stabilized the slip in my spine. I have a, a broken fifth lumbar that's uh, broken into front to back, and mm. the front part of it slipped forward uh, into the pelvis and pulled the leg nerves with it uh, from uh, as a result from a fall when I was uh, fourteen. And we managed to, uh, to you know avoid surgery until I was twenty eight, and then it was like, yeah, we 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 have to <laughs> we have to bring some some hardware to the stability. Um, It took three surgeries, uh, three spinal fusions to get that uh, hardware right, and and then a fourth corrective surgery um, to kind of clean up the fallout from those three surgeries. Um, And as a result of all that, the answer that the doctors had for me at the time was uh, opiate pain medicine and benzodiazepines for the anxiety, which Mm -hmm. is... a a very uh turned out to be a very popular mix, but a very um a very dangerous and addictive mix. Yeah. Um, and uh it was interesting because the question as it relates to your work in trauma and my current work, the question that the assumption was this is what we've got for you. You know, you'll be in pain for the rest of your life. And so the assumption underneath that was. You're not going to heal. The body Mm. can't heal this. So we're just going to mask it. They were going to. Yes. They didn't ask the question, at least I didn't hear them ask the question, why isn't Elizabeth healing? They just Mm. assumed that I wouldn't. Yeah. And and as a scientist and with my training, uh, given that they were the experts, I bowed to their expertise until they gave me that pronouncement you will be in pain for the rest of your life. And I was like, Wait a minute, this isn't doesn't sound quite right to me. And I, I pondered it for a while. It took me a while to to remember because I, I was really thrown by that prognosis. And and I realized that they were revealing the limitation within within their own uh, medical paradigm. Mm-hmm. And that they they that's all they knew in terms of chronic pain, but they really didn't understand chronic pain from a mind, body, spirit point of view, just this reductionist look at the x-rays structural kind of point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, So I uh, fortunately realized that I still had a long journey to find uh, the answer, Uh, but along the way, I uh, looked outside of this traditional medical paradigm. You know, I brought in Reiki and acupuncture and massage and yoga and meditation. I was already meditating. Um, And I I really feel, you know, for those people that go meditation, I can't do that. It's pretty much the less normal thing that we do. And I say that uh, one of the things that kept me stable through all that, besides the beautiful human support that I had during that journey, was Mm -hmm. meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not as powerful When uh, you have opiates and benzos on on board, but it still helped me uh, uh, deal with the moment, like not uh, not fight the moment so much. It helped me uh, it helped me uh, not resist the moment so much.
0: Yeah, but to be in the to practice more of acceptance in the moment versus always fighting against it and resisting it. Yeah, yeah. So then um, I, I got to a point where I, I really knew that- oh, med- well, well, let's back up just for one second. I'm curious uh, to hear the types of meditation or, or um, meditative practices that you would use at that time, if that's okay with you. It
1: was, it was very simple. I started out with uh, transcendental meditation and I, had a, um, I, I wasn't guided very well in that process mm-hmm. at the time. And I had a rather strange experience that they- couldn't my teacher at that time which is way back in like 1972 or something wasn't able to uh they couldn't explain it and it scared me and so mm-hmm. i kind of modified my practice kind of away from the traditional tm i'm not, not tm is amazing transcendental meditation is amazing you just need a teacher and a guide that kind of knows what they're doing and then those days this particular person that came uh, uh, uh to my area to teach it was um uh, maybe new to the practice and didn't know a lot of nuance. And I, you know, showed up with a nuance that he <laughs> didn't know anything about. Yeah. So I ended up doing a kind of meditation that was just simply presence, just simply kind of noticing the thoughts, but 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 and not judging them. Just noticing. I I, I don't really like guided meditations because they take me away from the present moment. They take mm. me like somewhere else, and I'm trying to not in chronic pain, you want to be anywhere, but here. Yeah. Right. You want to be in the past or the future. And you hope the future is going to be better than what's happening now. And it's, it's this whole conundrum uh, meditation helps to just bring you present. And it, 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 if you can relax into the present moment, not fight so much um, uh it, 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 it really helped me um. It helped me get from point A to B, and it took me forty years to do it. But I, I finally found a doctor who, who truly understood the nature of chronic pain, mm-hmm. and uh, helped me um, detox off the medication and heal my pain. And I went into his program with uh, thirty-two years of opiates and benzodiazepines, uh, you know, prescribed. It was all prescribed, but still, um, and uh, f- over forty years of chronic pain. And fifty-two days later, I walked out with no pain.
0: You know, that's amazing. Um yep. how when you find a practitioner who is willing to go beyond the norm of what the uh, treatment would be or quote unquote should be, how we as the patients, how we as the clients can benefit from that. But the reason why I asked about the meditation and I'm so happy you gave the answer you gave because I actually love guided meditation. (laughs) For me, it's helpful, but I want people to hear that there are different ways to Mm -hmm. achieve the the result you need to achieve. And so if one way doesn't work for you, Mm -hmm. let's figure out what will. And then something else was, and this is not to bash science. Science mm-hmm. is an important discipline. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're not bashing the medical field. But as a therapist, I know, especially early on, I struggled with following the medical model. So I used to work in hospital settings, and we have to follow, follow the medical model. Mm-hmm. But we know that there are, there are other avenues that we could explore. And so with Pain management um, doctors, what I've noticed in, in my experience working with clients who also work with pain management practitioners, a lot of it was, okay, we'll just refill this medication. And so many have stories similar to yours where now it's decades plus and I'm still refilling this medication and my condition hasn't really improved that much. And even the pain, I'm still fighting it or working, you know, attempting to work through it.
1: Well, yes, and I would say that uh, in my case I got worse. Uh, mm. here's what opiates do to the body. I, I I'm not dissing opiates. I think they're are awesome for acute pain. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's in an automobile accident or, or 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 burn a patient or something like that and and uh, or maybe a kidney stone because I had that and that that's you know strat- stof- stratospheric level pain um for the moment, mm-hmm. you know, for a, a day or two but not for years, and this is, this is why. Opiates, um, uh, please explain to me how this is healing. Uh, you know, chronic pain changes the brain. Yeah. It, creates, uh, it creates chaos in the brain, a, a brain fog, uh, more negativity. Um, so th- those are just a few of the changes that we know about that happen, and, 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 it's, and it becomes not about Elizabeth's back. It becomes about what's happening in the brain and my perception of the pain. So it's very different. And also chronic pain, just so we're clear, chronic pain is any pain that's felt 15 days out of 30 for three months or more. Any pain, physical, emotional, spiritual, the body can't tell the difference between a broken bone and a broken heart.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So uh, very important uh, nuance there. and now I've forgotten my thread, my my train of thought <laughs> we were talking about. Um. so you
0: you were so you found a doctor who mm-hmm. you started working with, mm-hmm. and um that's when you started to started your healing instead of like that's when you started to heal like your your excuse me, your healing process. You were off of the um medication, if mm-hmm. I heard that correctly, right?
1: Yes, I, I was, what I wanted to just bring in and let the listeners know is that chronic pain, um, uh, so opiate m- medication um, depresses the breath, the respiratory system. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, can't, um, we can't bring in oxygen uh, and we can't detox properly. And as uh, 70% by weight of, the, um, uh, of of the waste that comes out of the human body comes out of the breath. So if mm-hmm. we're not properly breathing, we're not properly detoxing or, or nourishing the body. So depresses the breath, uh, paralyzes the, uh, uh, tr- uh, the um, GI tract, the gas, so, we, so we're not digesting properly. Mm-hmm. So we can't nu- n- nourish ourselves with oxygen, and we can't uh, re- release toxins, and we also can't bring in nourishment uh, through um food, and we can't release because uh that creates constipation because of paralysis also it it numbs the it, it, it will numb the it will numb the physical but it also numbs the emotion so we we have difficulty uh when you numb your pen brene Brown she was really instrumental in me just getting into treatment and and, and getting off these meds in the first place.
2: Mm.
1: She says, when you numb your pain, you numb your joy. Yeah. So Mm. that was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to compromise my joy anymore (laughs) was was the thing. So I, I I just want to make sure that people understand that opiates long-term are are really not, there's, there's no study that says that those help heal chronic pain. There's no study that says that.
0: But it's interesting because as you start to describe what's happening with the body and what's happening with the mind, then let's imagine, well, you don't have to imagine because this was your experience. You're experiencing the effects on top of what you originally went to the doctor for. So now it's, well, my my back still hurts. Or now I'm, you know, now I have brain fog. Now uh, it's difficulty for me to focus. Well, I'm showing up. Maybe I feel numb and on top of what the original issue was what can we use to heal us it, even if be, even if the you know prognosis isn't as positive in the beginning because you said you are a person of science and you listen that's what most of us do we listen to the doctor we feel like this person knows best for me so if they said well my pain is never going to get better i have to live with it then we Do what we can do to live with it. I'm excited to hear about the shift and the transition Mm -hmm. on how we don't have to just live with something, right? So with our current circumstance, current situation, current pain, current level of anxiety, like We can do more to create the, I always talk about creating the life or manifesting the life that you want. We can take that initiative as difficult as it might be to create the life we want. No, it's not always going to be easy. I'm not saying like, oh, it's just so simple. And yet it can, it can happen to give us the experience or the quality of life that we want to have. Sorry, that's a really long statement. There was no question in there. (laughs) I have a comment. (laughs) Go for it. So
1: you know, in keeping with the uh, with the title of your podcast, alignment, mm-hmm. um, my my comment is, and it might be a little bit long too, is what are we aligning with?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: uh, and and the Western uh, medical model, which is very uh, helpful uh, for what it does, um, has uh, is aligned with a what you might consider a reductionist a viewpoint which is just, again, looking at structure. You could have three patients with the same x-rays that I do, and one of them will have chronic pain all the time, pain all the time. Another one will have pain only when they're stressed, and the other one, one won't have pain, any pain at all. How do you explain that? And I've been all three of those, by the way. I've been all three of those patients. How do you explain that by looking at an x-ray? Mm. You can't, Right that's an example of the reductions, the limited view of the the doctors. This is they consider that like, well, that's an enigma of chronic pain. We don't understand it. It's because the, the model, the perspective that they're looking at, they can only, science can only comment on what it can observe, measure, and describe. The medical model stays within that framework, but where does healing happen? Healing happens in the all that is, the whole field of consciousness the, the the whole universe not just the part that science can observe measure and describe mm-hmm. so we what the healing the answer to the question about where do we the question we asked before about well you know where are we what, how do we heal we are referencing we're aligning with the whole universe the known and the unknown the, the part that science can't measure, we align there. So how do you explain Reiki or how do you explain, uh, we're beginning to understand acupuncture better, but it's it's still kind of infant uh, in, in science. Uh, how do you explain um, uh, the trauma work that Bessel van der Kolk does, for instance, or Gabor, Dr. Gabor Mate? Uh, that's beginning to get uh, understood a little bit more, but we're still having trouble getting into the DSM the trauma, like developmental trauma Mm -hmm. disorder, we're we're still, we're still, we're, we're hoping to get those mental health labels to be more trauma informed, which is a a larger integrated uh, viewpoint.
0: Yeah. And they attempted to do that with the last edition, Mm -hmm. but just like every other edition, (laughs) there are holes.
1: (laughs) It's moving in the right direction, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know what the DSM is, it's the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, and that's what we use to inform our assessments um, when clinicians are providing a diagnosis to a client or patient um, with a mental health health disorder. I'm I'm working on a balance of not being too clinical. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just go into everything, which is why I paused a little bit. You have all of these years in pain and then all and then you know experiencing um, the I want to say in the addiction too like uh, you know the addiction to to the the prescription medication how do you take the leap what was tell us a little bit about your journey of shifting from where you were to a Healed version of yourself, we're always healing, but it's specifically from the chronic pain. Thank you for the question. Uh, Again,
1: it speaks to alignment. Um, I got to a point in my experience where I was like, um, able to hear just a little bit of my heart enough to say, you know, you're not aligning Mm. the way you need to. And I and I and I and I realized that I, I realized I was. Going down the wrong road, and I—it felt like the road of no return.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: put a call out to um, uh, my friends and uh, my my son, who had a big uh, online community at the time through this the platform called the Daily Love years ago. And um, he actually a lot of his uh, a lot of his uh, uh, um, popular people that followed him were in recovery and. One of those people knew Dr. Peter Prescott at the Betty Ford Center, who had a pain management uh, program, and so they reached out to Dr. Peter, and Peter called me, and and we had a conversation, and uh, and I and I went into his treatment program, um, and he looked at me. Um, he didn't want to know anything about my records or my X-rays. He wasn't interested in any of that. He looked at me, and he wanted to know who I was. Mm. and he saw inside of me who you see now, who I didn't even know was there at the time. <laughs> I was so, I was, I was so, uh, collapsed, you know, in on myself. Uh, and, and, uh, I had been in so much pain. I, I, I was, I was really, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I was really collapsed in on myself. Um, he looked at me and, and saw, uh, who was really inside of me, which was mm-hmm. amazing vision and, uh, helped me detox off the medication, which, um, he had helped thousands of people do. And, um, and then I went into his, I, I went into his, um, pain track program, pain management program, and it was all non-pharmaceutical. We, uh, we did a Qigong movement at that time. I couldn't do yoga at that time. It was too, uh, too, uh, physically demanding but his qigong was perfect
0: and well tell us a little bit about what that is
1: qigong is a um is a is a is a chinese um uh energetic movement it's it's uh it's similar to tai chi uh mm-hmm. which i did many many years ago uh, but it's its own version it's an it's a beautiful I movement i think of the hands yes a very gentle movement you you do move the whole body Mm -hmm. um uh and and it's a very gentle movement with the breath and you move your your the body in certain ways to clear different parts of the of the body from stuck energy so there's certain movements for the liver and there's movements for the kidneys and there's movements for the lung etc so and and it was interesting because i had literally just gotten out of what was it? Ten or twelve days of detoxing in a chemical dependency hospital bed, and mm-hmm. they kind of, i was so weak they poured me into a wheelchair. But I had just enough energy to to, to stand up and do his twenty-minute qigong practice, and it made me feel so much better. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I work with people uh, one-on-one now, and they're they're at, they're they're maybe in early recovery from uh, from a, a drug addiction or and or chronic pain. I give them Peter's to Peter passed away a few years ago, but I have a, a, a video of his, of his Qigong form and, and I teach them that. Ah, I love that. I love so That was one of them. Another one was that, that he did. I had no idea I even had this, but you'll relate to this. Um, we worked on emotional stuff and I had no idea that my pain, the reason that I had all that pain was because of the emotional trauma that I had, that I just, it's just the way I was brought up. You just don't even look at that stuff. Whatever happens, mm. as as full of hard knocks. Buck up and move on. You know, it's like that. So yeah. I had this. I had this burden. You know, the and, body
0: will tell you. Oh, yeah. We just have to listen. We have to learn to listen because your the body will definitely um, or the the physical. It'll house the physical manifestations of what we're experiencing. And so a lot of times we don't recognize, you know, like why we might have chronic migraines or why we feel sick to what when we say sick to our stomach or this a pain that that manifests in a certain area of our body. And it's because the body is trying to tell you, but we are in this go, go, go society um, that we have forgotten to take a minute. And we were talking about this earlier to be in the present moment and to listen at what's going on, acknowledge those sensations. So yeah, emotional, emotional trauma is, it's literally a trauma itself is stored in the body. I love to teach clients that because they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. so, so the integrated
1: view <clears throat> which Western science is beginning to really see is, is true. It's an the Yogis knew it thousands of years ago. You cannot separate mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. What you do to one, you do to all. So that works with the, the disease state, but it also works with the healing part. So when we do Qigong, which is a physical, it also helps to heal the emotional and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Right. And an sp- so cool. example of the spiritual part of chronic pain um, when we, co- we collapse our we, we, we sit in pain, we're hunched forward, and we collapse in on our heart and our lungs. So we collapse the breath, literally. Mm-hmm. And when we collapse the breath, we collapse our self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And when we've done that, we've really lost our connection. We're referencing the ego, we've lost our connection to source. We've lost our alignment. What are we ident- what are we aligning with? Where I aligning with um, a lie because it's not yeah. who we truly are. Yeah. Instead of aligning with who we truly are, and we're just having this strange experience, but it's not who we are. I am yeah. not my pain. I'm experiencing my pain. This huge difference.
0: Yeah, and you know, and you can. Uh, I'd love to hear what your take on this is when we talk about seeing the pain seeing pain whether it is physical or emotional what type of pain but seeing the pain as something separate from you so i'm um, this is not who i am but it is a part of me so it's not completely like cut off this is something that i'm experiencing um but I'm not going to hate it. When people say, no, I hate this back pain. I hate this soul, th- this shoulder pain. Teaching people to not hate the pain, to not hate the experience, um, and instead send... So I do a meditation sometimes with clients where we send loving energy to, to the pain. We send compassion to the area that ha- that has the pain. And for a lot of people, that's difficult because... They've been in this war with it for so long. And it's like, well, no, how can I love this or or not even love? But how can I just accept that this is a part of my reality and I don't have to hate it? Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like some of the methods that you were doing it, it kind of it, it does. It helps to do that.
1: That was huge. That was one probably if you asked me what of Dr. Peter Prescott's teachings was the most significant, it would have been don't judge the moment. Mm -hmm. Which I was like, dude, I'm not judging anything. I'm just sitting here. (laughs) It's like, oh, he's talking about my pain, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, really important. uh, I I, I came across a metaphor uh, from just, uh, it just made sense to me um, uh, as I was, learning about my reaction to pain, what I was doing, what my part in my own pain experience was, what I was doing here. I couldn't believe he asked this question to this group of 20 chronic pain patients, right? What are you doing to contribute to your pain? And oh. I, I was, yeah, I know. I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can't believe you just asked that question. <laughs> where are you? Are you, are you, are you, are you getting ready to die? Cause they're going to kill you. <laughs> <Just ask laughs> <the question. laughs> oh man! Anyway. Uh, uh, and, but it was a very powerful question because in that moment, because he asked it and I took it in, he, I realized that he took me from a place of victimhood to my pain to empowerment over the pain.
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: and and so i started working in that uh uh, trying to heal that and you know now the the negativity that we experience in chronic pain has has got its own addictive cycle those chemicals are are, are biochemically is is it's not the same like dopamine it's not the same but it's very similar chemically so it's got its own kind of addiction that 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 you have to overcome
2: Mm-hmm. And this
1: is the way I try and explain it to people because this is the way it, it, it revealed itself to me. We're energy creatures. The universe th- flows through us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not that pain is doing it to us. That's actually, again, it's not. That's an illusion. The universe is flowing through us. Um, the energy gets uh, uh, dense. In the product in the chronic pain experience, it becomes dense. Now, when we fight it, it becomes more and more contracted, right? Mm. It becomes more and more dense. So instead of a free-flowing human where the energy is free-flowing through me, in the chronic pain experience, when I judge it, call it wrong, and fight it, it's kind of like I just put a clamp on that free flowing energy. And imagine, um, imagine, uh, I'm, I'm the energy of Niagara falls and I just put a pipe around Niagara falls and imagine the pressure in that pipe (laughs) for all Niagara falls trying to flow through it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're actually feeding our own pain experience when we do that Mm. fight it. Right. So when you relax and just say, Oh, I'm having an experience here, it's a lot of energy coming through the system and you accept it, that pipe disappears, that clamp disappears and you become free-flowing energy again. It's remarkable. It's it's, it's kind of extraordinary. But yeah. that's how powerful judgment is. I hope that makes sense.
0: No, it does. I'm just thinking of, you know, when we were talking earlier about how trauma is stored in the body and and that judgment is part of that because so often we judge ourselves for, for even having the experience of the pain. Mm-hmm. I'm so stupid. I didn't do this. Oh, I'm so dumb. This won't work. I can't even get this to stop or, you know, just different things like that. And how I, I love the, um, the metaphor, you know, like it's like Niagara Falls and how if we just if we stop resisting, um, stop resisting the pain and stop stop resisting the fact that it's there, then that in itself can help. That's
1: true. Now, now we get that. Um, we get that. I, I feel like we we come by the attitude. I hate this pain, honestly, at least for me. I, I understood it. When I grew up, um, uh, whenever a, a child banged her head or, or, you know, got hit by X, Y, or Z or, you know, in playing sports or whatever it was, the adults in the room or on the field rushed in and did everything they could to stop the pain. So what's the, le- the, the, what's mm. the underlying thing under there is pain is bad, right? And you can take a pill. We'll give you this medicine to help you make it go away, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, no wonder we ended up with an opioid epidemic, as that's just one factor in a whole bunch of things that happened with the opioid epidemic, but I'm just saying, right? So we have this underlying thing about uh, pain is bad, and nobody said to me, (laughs) in all my years, nobody said to me pain is part of healing. They Oops. never said that. They just, let's get rid of it. You know, yeah. that was the thing. And it wasn't until I started in this work that I was like, well, this is just part of the healing process. Get over yourself, Elizabeth. I was just like, you know, this is a useless fight because the body's trying <laughs> to heal and you're just getting in the way. It you is know, not like all fighting, You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, okay, if you could just share a little bit more about your uh, journey to healing and how that relates, or if it does relate to your um, ancestral work, because I know we're going to talk a little bit about, which I'm excited to talk about, ancestral clearing. And so uh, I'm wondering if there's a connection there. Um, And yeah, yeah. And if so, what that connection is. (laughs)
1: Great mind things alive. That's exactly what, what I was gonna bring in next. <laughs> I was like, I have that's the next piece. So, um so uh John Newton of Health Beyond Belief.com, uh Health Beyond Belief, John Newton. He um uh has trademarked and uh registered this process called ancestral clearing, which originally was developed or pi- pioneered by Howard Wills. Uh they're both very powerful healers and uh John happened to be, I knew John, um, uh, prior to going to the Betty Ford center, but he happened to be part of, he was a wellness consultant and worked with Peter, Dr. Peter Prescott, uh, mm-hmm. the, in the pain management program. And he was doing ancestral clearing. And my experience of that was, was amazing. I, I remember the first time, um, that we, uh, that he came in the room and he had this piece of paper. We're all, there's 20 of us in the room, all, all having, you know, epic levels of pain and he asked everybody what their pain level was and everybody said uh, everybody said zero to ten was the scale he asked and everybody was eight and above mm. <laughs> eight, eight, eight to 20 was what people oh. reported right i reported an eight and and uh and he had us read this uh, uh english uh on, on a piece of paper and it was it was ba- i didn't know it was a prayer but it was a, it ended up being a prayer and and i just started <laughs> Just and we read it silently, and I just and I, I got halfway through, and I and I felt the the energy in the room change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like what just happened, and I and I thought, oh well, Elizabeth, you're detoxing, so it's just in your mind. That's just your mind playing games with you. Then I felt my pain start to disappear and i went well that's real <laughs> I knew that was real so i i finished reading the prayer and and I, you know my pain was down to 2 from an 8 and i was like that's interesting and wow. john asked everybody what's your pain level now and everybody's pain level was 8 to 0 it's gone from a 20 to 8, Going, eight to yeah four.
0: that's amazing
1: and i was here. my and my science hat on 100% at that point and i'm like what just happened in this room you know I know something happened. I just experienced it. You know, is this measurable? Can mm. you repeat it? And Can this, you repeat <laughs> it? <laughs> I was like, "Where's the data?" <laughs> and the answer to all those things was yes. And his work just got featured in a uh, the PhD dissertation uh, by Charan uh, Sirha- Sirdar in Birmingham, England, um, mm. around consciousness and and uh, 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 being able to you know kind of the effect. Of this kind of work uh in, in in our consciousness so this again speaks to mindset and the, the, the ancestral clearing part speaks to what are we hanging on to from the past not just our past but in the lineage
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it turns out we're hanging on to a lot <laughs> we just don't know it because we came in with it
0: right yeah you we know, yeah. were
1: born with the burden and we can't tell
0: yeah so What exactly then is uh, ancestral clearing? It's a process
1: that we use, and I can take, I can give you, you all, I can give the listener an experience of it. um, Yeah, sure. Just a kind of a quick experience of it. It's a process where we're we're connecting, uh, we're asking the creator energy, the energy of the unified field of -hmm. consciousness. We're Mm -hmm. tapping into that, asking for it to uh, work on our behalf because we want to release uh, that which is no longer serving us. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we, we come into this world with the gifts and the burdens of our ancestors. Some of the burden is the undissolved traumas that they carry. Now, we don't call ourselves trauma therapists in this practice, in the ancestors. We, we can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. But We can help people clear the effects that remain, the imprints that remain from the trauma and the lineage. And I'll give everybody an experience of it. I want everybody to stay super present and just relax the breath. Notice how the body feels, and just stay present while I do this. We'll just call creator as the source of all that is. Uh, For everyone uh, listening to this, for them and all their ancestors through all space, time, dimension, realms, lifetimes, and incarnations. For all hurts and wrongs ever done to them in thought, word, or action. Any hurts and wrongs they did to others, whether knowingly or unknowingly, and any wrong- hurts and wrongs they did to themselves, please help them all to forgive each other. Help them all to forgive themselves. Please and thank you. For any time anyone in the lineage was abandoned, not supported, nourished, or cherished, or loved the way they needed. Times they abandoned others and weren't able to support and love others the way they needed. And times they were out of integrity with themselves. Please help them all to forgive one another, forgive themselves, find peace with one another, and find peace with themselves. Please and thank you. Now take a breath in and let it out, and how does that feel in the body?
0: Calming. (laughs)
1: that's right yeah
0: like very it's calming and i don't know how to describe it other than lighter
1: that's it yeah that's lighter. yeah it's interesting and that's a little tiny piece i i do you know we i do live events on this Mm -hmm. Uh, i do private sessions 50 minute private sessions um you can get uh, 25 minute private sessions from john Um, he does, uh, he does a weekly, um, I'm sorry, a monthly call, a weekly series during the month, um, a basic, and he does a free call every, every month that you can at healthbeyondbelief.com So you can experience the work. Um, and, uh, anyway, so it, it's very powerful and, and I felt it right away. And I was just like, I was, I'm still, I'm still amazed by it, uh, because my science mind uh, understands um some of it and 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 my my spiritual mind understands the rest the part that's missing yeah. the outside of science but i will tell you this the most recent research that i that i saw around this subject was uh, a man uh, runs a rat lab and he raised these baby rats and they were playing in this commun- communal area where they're all gathered together playing with whatever And the man that runs the lab drops a cat hair right down in the center of this area and they Mm -hmm. all scatter. Now they've never met a rat. uh, So they've never met a cat before. Yeah. So how does that work? Right.
0: That is interesting.
1: The DNA, our experiences uh, get passed down in the DNA Mm -hmm. so that we're. All the trials and tribulations that we survived, you know, and were able to pass on to the next generation get passed on as these DNA imprints.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's not so much about the um, it's not so much about the DNA itself, the genes themselves. It's about how the how they express themselves in the environment that they get exposed to.
2: Mm.
1: And when we bring ancestral clearing to the environment that this these imprints are exposed to, we help um, help release the 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 stickiness of of the events. you know, um, traumas from war. Uh, we work with uh, descendants of the Holocaust, nine uh, eleven victims, um, mm-hmm. et cetera. It's, it's I'm here in Lawrence, Kansas, so i I, I work with um, na- uh, indigenous Americans from time to time, and there's a lot of people here that are mixed, um, mm-hmm. um, european and and Native American mix. So uh, I work with them. Uh, we work with uh, people that have slavery in their background, slave owners, uh, uh, people that were slaves, and they all carry this stuff. And the ancestor clearing process really helps to lighten the load.
0: Yeah, I'm so caught up on the study. I'm like, well, what's, what was the name of this so I can go read it and really oh, process it? I have to, um, I have to look that because, up. to Google yeah, of that. Be, yeah, because we talk a lot about generational trauma and there in recent years there's there have been more studies um to that highlight the trauma that's passed down mm-hmm. um in our DNA and so I think um the, the 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 study that you referenced it can it's an easier way I think for a lot of people to understand that because
1: well, it's yes and another way for so it's not just humans, it's mammals, but it's also Animals and insects, because every fifth generation of monarch butterfly migrates. Mm. How do they get that information? Yeah. Passed down through the lineage. So that's an example of a gift. That I'm just, Ancestor so Clearing addresses the, the challenges, right? We have the gifts and we have the challenges of our DNA, and Ancestor Clearing addresses the challenges. And it's lightening the load. Yeah, you you said it very well. People always say that. It's really interesting.
0: How can it benefit us to participate in in ancestral clearing? So if you are a person whose ancestors were enslaved people um, or, you know, from some of the groups that you've mentioned, how can it benefit us in the here and now?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you an example of, of of how that kind of shows up um for the populations that I actually mentioned, uh, and I would also throw in the Irish uh just as an example. Um, one of the things that I notice in in all the clients uh is that they have difficulty accessing joy. Mm-hmm. Which if you looked at their if if you looked at the history of their lineage, you wouldn't be the least bit surprised at that but they're in this life and they can't understand why they can't act, they're having difficulty accessing joy and it's not necessarily all that's happening to them in their own life it's mm-hmm. this burden that they came in with that's that's adding to whatever they're already experiencing in this life so when uh when we do this process it's very interesting to me that the experience i can't say i can't make claims about it has this effect or that effect mm-hmm. we get reports uh consistently that um that they're then able to access joy more easily and wow what a gift yeah so wow. that's just one one example yeah
0: so accessing joy
1: yeah
2: yeah. Um imagine, which is huge. You
0: know, <laughs> you know, Imagine, you know, having
1: having enough peace in your life that you can actually access joy. hmm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And um Mm, And just like harness that. Right. There's so much you can do once you start to allow some of that positive energy into your life. Um, And you started talking a little earlier about mindset. Right. So having the type of mindset to start believing that certain things are possible, that you can grow from situations, even that you can heal situations. Um, Something I want to make clear and you feel free to jump in is that because I've realized, and especially, you know, we live in the States, so there is this uh, energy that that's here, that you're either this or that on this side of the fence or that side of the fence. And I want to make it clear that when we talk about ancestral clearing and, and healing, we're not Though there are so many things wrongdoings that were done to people from different groups, and 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 also things that happen, you know, um, to to individuals, and and all groups, um, it is not to blame anybody or any group of people for what's happening, but it's to help literally start to free you from like the burden of carrying around the weight of what's happened. Um, And so I I just want to put that out there because I know that, like I said, especially in the States, we can get caught up in the dialogue of, well, I didn't do this. Well, I didn't experience this, Blah, 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 but it's about this, this, this healing that we can allow ourselves to take place and also, you started talking about consciousness. How do, that helps the collective consciousness, and that in itself, I mean, can do amazing things for the healing of not just this country, not just our families, but for the world. And so, I think that piece is just is something important to remember.
1: I love that you brought that in. The the um, you know, from the point of view again of an integrated uh, perspective. Certainly, the yogic perspective, and it's not the only one that says this. Uh, we're all one. We're all connected. So, what happens to one happens to all. And as I said earlier, um, uh, that happens—the uh, damage as well as the healing.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. So
1: we Heal ourselves, we heal the world. That's actually real because it ripples out into the field, mm-hmm. the field of consciousness of which we're into. You know, we're we're locked in there. You can't. You know, there was a movie many years ago um, stop the world. I want to get off. You can't get off. (laughs) You're in, you're in it. You know, you, even if you wanted to, you're in, you're in the unified field. So, uh, it's, it's really about, um, you know, are we, are, what perspective are we aligning with? Mm -hmm. Are we aligning with the perspective that says the universe is doing to this, to me? Is the universe doing it for me? Or is the universe doing it through me? And those are all three different levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Which one are you aligning with?
0: Yeah. I love that. How has your healing journey um, included in that is the ancestral clearing as well? How has that changed your thinking?
1: Wow. Um, I see... Uh, bigger visions Mm. of possibility for myself. I Mm. never even imagined that I would be when I I was, you know, eight years ago when I was just entering, literally, I was in Dr. Peter's pain management program eight years ago this time. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to imagine myself as an addiction recovery coach. Uh, a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, a chronic pain specialist, um, an ancestral clearing practitioner. I, 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 just, like, I couldn't, couldn't. And I, I'm still, you know, I'm still, I, I just started uh, working with, uh, in uh, uh, taking a, a Dr. Gabor Mate's uh, compassionate inquiry uh, training. It's a year long training. So I I, can't, I couldn't even imagine things like that before. So it, it allows us to, Open ourselves to possibility, and when we're open, um, and and I was lucky because I walked into to Dr. Peter's Pain Track um, program open because I was everything I was doing hadn't been working, mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly was not working. So I was open to give me something new because absolutely, I'm ready. You know? I will try and let me try. It. <laughs> and, I, and I and I tried it all. <laughs> so, Yeah. So that that's uh, so uh, expansion, big expansion, Mm, you know, big expansion. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: And so because at that time you couldn't see it. Is it something I didn't ask you? Was what and and you can feel free to let me know. You know, like what you feel comfortable sharing. But the experience of the addiction, how that started to impact your life. And your well being I know we were talking about it from the perspective of of pain management um but i'm I'm curious to hear like how it impacted you
1: yes i, I that's where I got the vision of um collapsing uh in, in on ourselves um and not just in chronic pain but in addiction as well mm-hmm. um i I felt um it wasn't so much, it wasn't only so much that my pain was not getting any better. So it didn't really matter what I did. I still had this certain level of pain, but I was so sick all the time. um, I was trying to, I would wake up in the morning and I was so sick. I was sick because I needed to bring my drug level up. So it was a drug illness and it was just, it became this, it became this repetitive cycle of um, how can I keep myself, level (laughs) it wasn't Mm -hmm. there was no up there was just can i keep myself level and the level became lower and lower and lower and i and i just knew that i was um that i was i i mean there were so many people I, i was on fentanyl for 15 of those years of those 32 years and a lot of People, uh, patients were dying from fentanyl overdoses, yeah. and oh, I'd wonder, I wonder. I would go to bed at night and wonder if I was even going to wake up because you know the respiratory system just stops, right? And you don't even know that's happening. That's coming. So, mm-hmm. I, I just never knew. I, I really feel like grace chased me right into recovery. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> right. That's that's my feeling. I just I uh, because I I'm very humble about it. I, I don't really understand why I survived and, and and why others didn't. I I just lost a niece to uh, to overdose in April of 2020,
2: oh. and I lost
1: another one to um, to suicide who was trying to get out of to, trying to was trying to recover from uh, heroin addiction. So oh. I, I, I it's a, this is a very humble place I sit in. Uh, yeah. We lost ninety three thousand people last year in twenty twenty just to o- drug overdose. That's not even the suicide part. That's just drug drug overdose. So I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm sitting here in a place of of, of quite deep humility, and um, yeah, and I and I, um, yeah, I, I I don't quite know if I answered that question, but that's my answer.
0: <laughs> well, <What? laughs>
1: um, addiction where i was and where it took me to
0: yeah yeah and you know something that i always think about when i am working with anybody talking to anybody about their challenges about their trauma their struggles their addiction are the resiliency factors Mm. because there are some people who can spend decades addicted to, whether it's prescription drugs or prescription medication or otherwise, and um, can have a similar story as you. And then there are others who continue in their addiction. Um, And so I always, I'm always curious about the difference of uh, the, in terms of like that internal motivation and and the external as well. Like, what is the difference um, between like you and not in a negative way where judge comparison, negative comparison, but like you and other people. Um, I'm just thinking about somebody in my own life who years and years and years and years of addiction and continuing. Right. Versus somebody who says, I've had this experience. This is not what I want. And I am looking for every way that I can start to heal my life.
1: I I, I love that comparison. Um, I I always had this question, um, how can I heal? So I always had that question. I just had a really hard time finding somebody that could mm-hmm. take me the rest of the way. I had so much support around me. I had all kinds of healers. I had beautiful family support. Uh it was at pretty much on, on an epic level. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I had, um, as I said, I had a lot of grace. Um, so I, I always felt, held by my higher power. I just um, had difficulty seeing because the drugs got in the way, the pain yeah. and the drugs got in the way of being able to really see. But I I did uh, get to a point where I was just like, I knew that I'd reached the edge of the fork in the road. And that if I went one way, it was the end. And if I went the other way, it was um, maybe not the end. <laughs> I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what the other fork had i knew it was unknown i wasn't sure but i but i knew i i knew that it was different than i'm don't totally know this is going to take me out if i go down this way yeah. I, I knew that so i had a kind of um and i came in with this thing about i came in with a gratitude and persistence i those were gifts if you talk about gifts of the ancestors those were gifts did and make those up they came okay. with that was part of my as part of my resilience. So I I thank my ancestors for that, um, and then all the people around me, and I, and I feel like um, I feel like I was just super lucky. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I even believe in luck anymore. I, I feel like you know things are aligned the way they do because of you know forces bigger than I can ever imagine. Right. So I I'm I'm humble in that way as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. so i i see lots of people in in, in uh in program um i'm i'm I, I work or i work i i offer meetings lead meetings in recovery 2.0 which is a, a recovery platform and also i'm, I'm re- involved in narcotics Anonymous uh
2: mm-hmm.
1: here in the local level and in, in lawrence where i live and uh and i see all kinds i see people that um that have long-term recovery and they're steady as a steady as a rock. And I see other people that uh, seem steady uh, for years and years, and then they're, they're, they go out and they're done. So they relapse. So, and that, that's a mystery to me that, mm. that how can they be so steady and then they relapse. So this is a, and then they, when they relapse, oftentimes they, they don't make it. So this is a very, um, A sacred space for me and and my feeling and my why I do what I do now is because I uh, the relapse rate they told me at the Betty Ford Center in the first year the relapse rate is 80 percent and the first thing I said to myself was well I'm doomed because I didn't like those odds and the second thing I said was because I started out as a social scientist what's wrong with our model recovery model Because clearly what we're doing is not working, right? So in that moment, I said, if I make it (laughs) through treatment, because there was a question at the moment at that time, um, I'll dedicate my life to helping to move the needle on that relapse to maybe a little less than 80%. (laughs) And
0: That's a question that I wish more people were asking, which is, well, what's going on with our system, with our model that it's, That it's not as effective as it could be because when I think of alternative healing um, sanctuaries or the fancy uh, rehab or detox centers, they're not often accessible for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. and so then we still have you know groups of people who can't access these. Alternative ways of 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 healing, or you know, different things like that. And so I'm I always think about well, what could be done so that more people could have access to these types of treatment options versus the traditional way of doing things. Because for a lot of people, it does it's not working. It's not as effective as it could be. Um, and so I think I'm often thinking about how to how to close the gap.
1: Yeah, I, I was asked that question by one of my teachers a few years ago. <laughs> I was like, this is not my area. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have to know how to do that. And he said, yes, you do. You have to have, a, you have, to have a, you know, a position. And I was like, oh, man. And so I thought about it, and, and this is what I came up with. Um, you know, S- Sed- Sed- Senator Edward Kennedy was a, a big proponent of mental health. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we have a, a huge addiction problem in this country. And, and the, um, the, uh, the last, um, where there was a big program uh, that, was, that was brought in that brought a lot of money into recovery, uh, treatment centers and recovery. I don't think it's enough. Um, and, I, and I was like, well, what could we do? And I was th- started thinking like Edward Kennedy. And then I started thinking behind him. And I started thinking about what happened in the Great Depression when people were out of work. And I feel like this is at that level. Uh, uh, Roosevelt brought in uh, this this program uh, called the CCC, um, Civilian Conservation Corps, and it put a lot of people to work. And uh, I I just and I really feel like we need that level of attention and vision to uh, address the addiction problem in this country because it's that big. And by the way, uh, 20%, 25%, the, the National Health Institutes of Health estimates 25% of everyone, depending, it doesn't matter what age or socioeconomic group you're in, everyone is in chronic pain. And the World Health Organization estimates, uh, that's everyone being North America, mm-hmm. and the World Health Organization estimates 20% of the world. Is in chronic pain. And under all of that is addiction. And under all of that is trauma. Oof. So, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. And we need to bring a big vision in order to heal it. Because how are we going to heal this country if we've got that kind of energetic uh, vibrating underneath of it? Yeah. In it, through it.
0: And then if you're living in this type of circumstance, in this type of pain, this type of experience, how is that expressed outward? How, right? How can you imagine the 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 difficulty and when we we see this right of extending compassion to another person when you have all that going on with you. One, it's hard for you to extend compassion to yourself. Two, you're just trying to get through the day. So you're in survival mode, survival mindset. It makes it difficult for you to value another person the way they should be valued, even though I don't like the word should, but the way that they should be valued um, because we're go- all going through our own stuff.
1: Well, when we're more in reaction mode, we can't, we're, we're, we're just in reaction. We can't yeah. bond. With thoughtfulness, we can't access the executive our executive thinking we're we're just in reaction all the time uh, that's what we're seeing a lot of um, so yeah. it becomes um, it becomes very difficult and you know we've got a, a lot of problems in this country and in this world, and yeah we we really have to you know roll up our sleeves and um
0: get to work. <laughs> to work. (laughs) you got to get to work. I think this is a perfect transition or segue into you sharing a little bit more about how you help people. And I'm going to put your information in the show notes. So um, if you want to share a little bit more about the work that you do, I think this is the perfect time to do that.
1: Sure. Thank you. So uh, first, uh, I wrote a book called The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools Mm -hmm. to Reclaim Your Healing Power. Uh, it, it talks about, it, it's really a, a book that um, is for chronic pain sufferers and those who care for them, doctors, nurses, family members, and friends. It offers proven techniques to clear pain and live a pain-free life from suffering from a cor- former chronic pain sufferer who searched the globe for answers and found them. Mm. So it's there's the voice of chronic pain is in there, which we don't often can't hear where usually from a chronic pain person we either hear nothing or a constant complaining mm-hmm. and the truth is in the middle so mm-hmm. I try to uh, bring uh, bring that voice out I, I through all my years of being in hospital in doctors' offices in um, physical rehab centers in all of the therapy all that kind of stuff um I've sat in front of thousands of re- 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 chronic pain patients and I've heard their voices. And so I really know. So the book, um, I, I, uh, I work as a chronic pain management specialist, addiction, uh, yoga informed trauma informed addiction recovery coach and ancestral clearing practitioner. You can find me. Uh, I do private sessions. I have group coaching as well. Um, you can find me on uh, an Elizabeth, hyphen kip.com you probably put the dash in there because elizabethkip.com is a photographer and a web designer oh wow
0: <laughs> we, we land there and we're like wait a minute this is not what <laughs>
1: yeah. elizabeth-kip.com also i offer a trauma-informed um yoga class on thursday nights online mm-hmm. uh which is a which is a, a lovely class and i offer i'm a post, a post- betrayal transformation coach on the post it's the pbt institute so that's a place that dr debbie silver um, put together it's a it's a, a private platform post betrayal transformation institute pbt institute for anyone who's had a betrayal experience uh she's got a whole big program in there and a bunch of coaches i think there's like 12 or 14 of us and I'm, I come in once a week and bring a movement class because as you say, the issues get stuck in the tissues and I bring in the trauma-informed yoga to help people move that stuff out in a gentle awesome. way. And there's uh, all of us bring something different. So each coach brings something different. So it's pretty cool. You can come in and it's a membership uh, level um, uh, platform, but it's very powerful and uh, lots of people find healing there. That
0: sounds great. I do. Where where can we find your book? Is it on you can get
1: uh, you can uh, get get a copy from me on, on my website and I'm happy to autograph it, or you can get it through Amazon. Uh, you get I can send you a copy of the paperback, you can get a Kindle version or or you can get the paperback through Amazon as well.
0: Okay, perfect. I you know, one of the reasons why I started to want um one of the reasons why I was so curious about alternative ways to healing and also in my own like spiritual journey was because there are people in my life who do suffer from autoimmune diseases um, and chronic pain. and i was I remember thinking, well, if I learn this information, then I can help them. <laughs> So I wanted to learn as much as I could because I wanted to be able to help them in different ways. So I'm always curious on, what another person's story is and, and what their journey has been like because it definitely can impact your quality of life. And so you're here, but you're not fully enjoying life. You don't have the joy that you deserve to have. And so I appreciate you and the work that you're doing. Um, I think it's great. Um, before we go, is there anything that you feel we miss anything I didn't ask you, but you think would be helpful for people to know.
1: I'd like to share. It doesn't take very long. I'd like to share the 12 steps of wellness that Dr. Peter, um, I kind of helped him craft them, but he, he came up with them. So here they are. One, none of us were born to suffer. Two, we all have the ability to heal. Three, love with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Four, get real about your healing. Five, commit to your healing. Six, do the work it takes to heal. Seven, do the work every day. Eight, get real about your healing in case you didn't hear us the first time. Nine, never let anyone or anything get in the way of your healing. Ten, love yourself fiercely and without reservation. Eleven, accept what is. And twelve, Be grateful for all that comes your way and more will be revealed. Mm. There you have it. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Dr. Peter Prescott, P-R-Z-E-K-O-P, wrote Mm. a book called Conquer Chronic Pain and Innovative Mind-Body Approach. And I teach both books. You can get his book on Amazon too. Mm. It also covers um, clearing chronic pain. It's just from a doctory, researchery point of view. So it's a little bit different languaging Mm -hmm. um, it's a very good, um, companion to my book. The two of them go really, one's the doctor and one's the patient. So it's kind of, yeah, no,
0: I like that. That makes sense. Um, oh, you know, there was something that I've been wanting to ask you since we started, which was prior to this experience, this, this, where you are in, in, in your journey now. When you first went to school, what were you hoping to do with your degree?
1: Oh, I'll tell you what I wanted to do. I wanted to solve the problem of um, how does a plant know how to photosynthesize? I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to take that process and use it uh, so that we could uh, create, our, uh, create our own energy. It's a, 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 a plant cell knows how to take a, uh, a photon of light and turn it into energy through a mm-hmm. process. And I wanted to be able to do that. Yeah, that was back when they didn't know anything about solar energy. Now they they do it. They're still, wor- they're getting a lot closer to uh, plants, 100% efficient, 100% yeah. efficient. Our solar energy is not quite that. But mm-hmm. I wanted to solve that problem.
0: That, <laughs> that is, is so what cool. What's interesting though is in your way, it not necessarily directly with plants. Although I imagine you may use um, you may use plants in, in your work in some ways. That I don't know. Um, I leave that I to the herbalists. That's because I'm like, depending <laughs> on what you do, you might. But <laughs> but in some ways, you are helping people to find like their own light source. Right. So I, I, I think that
1: that's true. I'm a guide. I tell people guiding you to unleash your healing power is my tagline. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for this platform
1: and I, I I really enjoyed it. And, and uh, I, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners and I, I'm so happy to meet you, and 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 so happy with the work you're doing.
0: Thank you, thank you. I was excited to meet you too. I was excited for this conversation. So I'm really um, excited. Now I gotta find another adjective. Uh, for for for, for, for listeners to to um, hear this interview because again, I think the work is really important and. Um, and beneficial and useful um okay because I will keep talking I'm working on not talking as much (laughs) I'm gonna say thank you again um also you mentioned that you had loved ones pass away last year so I do want to send my condolences um there's just been a lot of been a um, lot of that Yeah, a lot of loss. And so, again, why I think these conversations are important, because we need to know how to find our own light. Like We we need to know how to get out of a lot of the situations we're in um, in a healthy way. And so I'm really just appreciative of having you here and of this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Aligned and Free Show. Remember to head on over to bit.ly forward slash Aligned and Free so that you can grab your free manifestation check and join our email list. Check us out on Instagram at alignedandfree.co for more information on the Aligned and Free Show. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so that we can continue to bring you amazing content. See you next week.